Good evening. Welcome to worship this Monday, Thursday at St. Matthew Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Eric Trazo, and it is wonderful to have you with us for this worship. Tonight is Monday, Thursday. We have come to the end of our season of Lent and enter into the great three days, the days of remembering and celebrating and living Jesus' Passover from life to death to new life and bringing us with him. And so as we enter this time, I invite you to prepare your hearts for worship. Friends in Christ, in this Lenten season, we have heard our Lord's call to struggle against sin, death, and the devil, all that keeps us from loving God and loving one another. This is the struggle to which we were called at baptism. Within the community of the church, God never wearies of forgiving sin and giving the peace of reconciliation. On this night, let us confess our sin against God and our neighbor and enter the celebration of the great three days reconciled with God and with one another. I invite you as we confess our sin to don burlap as a sign of our confession. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. God, who is rich in mercy, loved us even when we were dead in sin and made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. In the name of Jesus Christ, your sins are forgiven. Almighty God, strengthen you with power through the Holy Spirit, that Christ may live in your hearts through faith. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Holy God, source of all love. On the night of his betrayal, Jesus gave us a new commandment, to love one another as he loves us. Write this commandment in our hearts and give us the will to serve others as he was the servant of all, your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
The first reading is from Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall mark you for the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the 10th of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments, I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I love the Lord who has heard my voice and listened to my supplication. For the Lord has given ear to me whenever I called. How shall I repay the Lord for all the good things God has done for me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. Precious in your sight, O Lord, is the death of your servants. O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the child of your handmaid. You have freed me from my bonds. I will offer you the sacrifice of thanksgiving and call upon the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all God's people. 
in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem. I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. The second reading is from Corinthians, the 11th chapter. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to be to God. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust in your word. Behold, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Let your steadfast love come to us, O Lord. Save us as you promised. We will trust in your word. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, chapter 13. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, Simon of Simon, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe, and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, you will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason he said, Not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, 
had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you should also do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their master, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. In our first reading this evening, we have God's instructions to Moses and Aaron for the night that God passes over, preparing to free the people of Israel. They are to eat the meal hurriedly and do it while wearing their sandals. They are to have shoes on their feet because they need to be ready for action. God is moving over the city and about to do something incredible. God is working to bring freedom and the people need to be ready to act at a moment's notice, prepared. They need their shoes on so that when the time comes, they are dressed for the moment and can act immediately. Our shoes are important things, aren't they? We need to have them to be ready to go, ready to act. Do you ever go anywhere without your shoes? Maybe the beach or the pool, but beyond that, when do you ever go barefoot, really? We consider shoes to be pretty much essential when we're out and about. They protect our feet and give support so that by the end of the day, our feet are not cramped or sore, not cut or bruised. We take great care in choosing our shoes to have ones that will protect us and be right for the situations we will be in. Our shoes say a lot about who we are and what we intend to do. And so putting on our shoes says that we're ready for action, ready for the day, ready to go out of the house. I know my dog gets excited anytime anyone puts shoes on because he knows that they are leaving. And so to be barefoot would seem strange, almost private. And so all of this to me makes Jesus' actions during the Last Supper all the more shocking. The Last Supper comes as the Passover is being celebrated a time for remembering the eating with sandals on, a time for being ready for action. <clears throat> and in the midst of this meal, this time of remembering, eat with your shoes on, the Gospel of John records a long speech that Jesus gives to the disciples, sharing his final instructions to them. 
as part of the speech in the midst of it, he begins to wash the disciples' feet. Now, to wash their feet means that he has to take off their sandals, or they have to remove their shoes. It doesn't say, but certainly to have the feet washed means those sandals are off in the middle of this feast. And so that symbol of being ready to act, that article of clothing that protects you, protects your ability to move around, protects a sensitive and vital part of your body, a kind of armor for a vulnerable spot, it's removed, taken off. In other words, stop being ready to act and let yourself receive. Stop planning your next action, the next thing to do. Stop protecting yourself from what might come, the dangers that might be lurking. Stop. Let yourself be vulnerable and receive an act of care. It's not so easy to do, is it? We want to be ready. We want to be able to take care of ourselves, to know what's coming and be prepared for it. We don't want to helplessly receive. But Jesus says we must do this. We must receive. Unless we are washed, we have no share. Yet this whole story here also then reminds me of the story in Exodus of Moses encountering the burning bush. When Moses encounters God, God says, take off your shoes, for this is a holy place. When God is present, Taking off our shoes is a recognition of the holiness of the moment, but also our vulnerability before God. With our shoes off, we are vulnerable. That's part of what feels so strange about doing it, why we do it so infrequently. And yet it is precisely this vulnerability that we need. As long as we think to ourselves, I'm okay, I can manage it, I'm fine, I am good, then we have not yet recognized our need for God's grace. We're blocking the care and grace that God offers. We need to know that we need God before we can appreciate the grace that is offered. We need to be vulnerable. Our shoes act as a kind of armor about our days, a way to protect ourselves from having to rely on anyone, including God. Wouldn't it be weird to walk in this space barefoot? I think it would. But this is the vulnerability of grace. We must let go of our instincts to be ready to act, to take care of ourselves. We need to humble ourselves enough to receive. Because it is only once we receive God's grace, receive Christ's love, that we're ready to truly share it. Jesus says, I have set you an example that you also should do as I have done to you. And then he continues saying, I give you a new commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So where does that love come from? It's not from us. See, this is the central command that Jesus gives to his disciples in this Last Supper, and the central command that he gives to us as well. 
This is what we remember and commit ourselves to this night, this Monday, Thursday, this night of the mandate of what Jesus gives us. This night, the reminder of what Jesus wants his followers to do, how he calls on them to live. We are to experience and remember the love that Jesus has for us. And because of that love, we are then moved and able to love one another. Again, this is the central command that we as Christians are called and bound to follow. As Jesus has loved us, so we love others. Jesus loves us, and that love allows us to love one another. But we must receive that love first. And to receive that love effectively, we must be open. We must remove our shoes to receive the care and love that Jesus offers. We must let down our guard, our armor, expose our weakness. And so what are the shoes that we wear? Of course, we literally wear shoes and are generally resistant to the idea of taking them off and having someone wash our feet. That feels too personal, too vulnerable. But of, but of course, there's other ways that we armor ourselves against the world, protect our vulnerability, and insist on doing things our own way. How often we insist that we are in charge, that we can't take a chance on trusting the care of others, not being willing to be open to be loved. Times that we fail to trust in the love of others, to open ourselves, to share who we are and what it is that matters to us. Times that we armor ourselves against whatever possibility may come. And that robs us of the opportunity to learn from that love and to show that love to others. It robs us of the opportunity to grow beyond the confines of the shoes that we wear. The disciples allowed themselves to be barefoot before Christ, that they may learn to be barefoot before one another. On various Monday Thursdays, I have had my feet washed a number of times, and I have washed the feet of others a number of times. And I must admit, I do not love having my feet washed. It's powerful, but I didn't love it. The whole taking shoes off, feeling odd and uncomfortable walking up, letting someone take my feet, pouring water over them, and then worrying, am I going to drip everywhere on the way back? The stress, it's hard to let go, hard to receive. But isn't that exactly how we are with God's grace? Leave me alone. I can do it myself. I'm good enough. It's hard to be vulnerable and say, I need to receive. And I will also say, in my experience, few things are more powerful than washing the feet of others, of having them come forward and trusting me with their discomfort, working to calm them and care for them, to look them in the eyes in this act of service. It's powerful. One of my favorite moments as pastor and so I firmly believe that foot washing is not an outdated ritual. It's powerful training for service of how to be vulnerable to one another. It's training to, let, to learn to let go and to receive. And of having done that, then we are ready to focus on the needs of others. We have learned how to love by receiving that service. Jesus' command, love one another as he has loved us and wash one another's feet. Can we be bold enough to live like that? Can we be bold enough to take off our shoes in front of one another, 
to allow our feet to be washed. Might we on this night be barefoot disciples? Might we remove our shoes before the holiness of Christ, dare to be vulnerable before the Lord, trusting ourselves to him, trusting him with our life, ourselves, our weakness? Might we become barefoot disciples in this world, boldly displaying our feet here in New Jersey and offering to all a place to come and take off their shoes? Can we imagine the whole congregation here walking in the sanctuary in bare feet? It would seem strange, wouldn't it, if we were all here without our shoes? And yet I can't help but wonder, if we were to try it, might we look at one another differently? Might it change how we see one another? Might our love for one another grow more intense? Might the act of removing our shoes make us sense the holiness of our time together more? Might it move us to look at one another with greater compassion? Might it make all of us more ready to receive the gift of grace? Can we step back from being ready to act and receive the care that Jesus offers? Jesus washes the disciples' feet so that they are enabled to wash one another's feet. May we open ourselves tonight and dare to walk barefoot before the Lord, that we might receive grace and be empowered to love one another as Christ has loved us. Amen. Amor
United by the servant love of God in Christ, we pray this holy night for the needs of the world. You call your people to hand on what you receive. We call your people to hand on what we receive from you. Form all the baptized into teachers of faith from one generation to the next. Give your church hunger for your promises in the sacraments and joy in receiving and sharing your word. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Your creation provides all that we need. Cleanse and protect the water you have given for washing and drinking, water on which all life depends. Sustain crops and herds that provide food. Teach us how to live so that there is enough for all. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. You redeemed your people from slavery. Preserve people throughout the world who flee violence and oppression. Establish just leadership in place of tyranny and peace in place of war. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Jesus loved his followers to the end. Grant assurance of that love to all who need it, those living with guilt, those struggling to forgive, those who are lonely or overlooked. Heal the sick and embrace the dying. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Jesus washed the feet of the one who betrayed him. Inspire this congregation's ministries of service, especially Stephen ministry, that we love as Jesus loved us. Give us renewed courage to serve. Bless the ministry of deacons throughout the church. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Your glory shown in the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus. We thank you for generations of the faithful who have proclaimed our Lord's death. Unite us with them in hope until he comes again. Hear us, O God. Your mercy is great. Hear these and all our prayers, O God, in the name of the one who loves us to the end, Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share signs of that peace. Let us pray. God, our provider, you have not fed us with bread alone, 
but with words of grace and life. Bless us and these your gifts, which we receive from your bounty, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen. O oh Lord, my God, my Savior, by day and night I cry to you. Let my prayer enter into your presence. Incline your ear to my lamentation. For I am full of trouble, my life is at the brink of the grave. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I have become like one who has no strength. Lost among the dead, like the slain who lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the depths of the pit, in dark places and in the abyss. Your anger weighs upon me heavily, and all your great waves overwhelm me. You have put my friends far from me, you have made me to be abhorred by them. I am in prison and cannot get free. My sight has failed me because of trouble. Lord, I have called upon you daily. I have stretched out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Will those who have died stand up and give you thanks? Will your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Your faithfulness in the land? 
forgotten. But as for me, O Lord, I cry to you for help. In the morning my prayer comes before you. Lord, why have you rejected me? Why have you hidden your face from me? Ever since my youth, I have been wretched and at the point of death. I have borne your terrors and am helpless. Your blazing anger has swept over me. Your terrors have destroyed me. They surround me all day long like a flood. They encompass me on every side. My friend and my neighbor, you have put away from me. And darkness is my only companion. 